hello, hello, hello. This is Lit Podcast again coming to you from Fayetteville, North Carolina. That is Life Issues Support Team. And we have another tremendous guest on with us today who is also a part of the list group. And her name is Asia Reed. Yes, she's the wife of Lamont Reed, who was our first guest. So, Asia, how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Super excited to hear your story. Well, we're going to jump right in because Mama's cooking downstairs, girl. We're going to jump right in. And, um, and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Let our audience kind of get a feel for who you are and, and who you were because I want them to be able to hear as far as your life was concerned before and where you are now, the amazing things that you're doing right now and what you look to accomplish um, in your future. So go ahead, take it away. All right, so... I am Asia. Um, I am married to Lamont. Um, so I'm a mother of six, a grandmother of two. Um, so my journey began um, at a really, really young age. Um, my um, mother was an addict. Um, my dad was an alcoholic um, and still is. Um, and it's OK. Um, my mom is in recovery and has been for 25 um, years. Um, so awesome. That's awesome. Um, my um, mom went went away to rehab when I was in high school Um, but before she went away to rehab I was kind of the sole responsible person for my brothers which my younger my youngest brother is about 12 years younger than me so he was like my first baby so okay um i had them for a little while and you know um my grandma and my aunts and some cousins helped raise me um and it was kind of different um yeah it was good to have those people but not having your parents were um you know different so it that kind of shaped me into the person that i was then um I kept a lot of stuff bottled up to myself. So, you know, I was the angry kid. I was really, really mean. And, um, you know, I had some unchanneled anger and stuff that um, I had to learn how to deal with as I got older. I didn't think it was a problem then. But as I grew older, I learned that I, you know, I had some issues as far as depression, anger, anxiety, um, some PTSD, some things that I talk don't talk about and I won't talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. I have to deal with those things in my own way. Um, I had, you know, family dysfunction and things like that, you know, stuff that we all go through and that trauma has caused. Um, When I got pregnant with my son, Dreek, my grandmother had a stroke um, after I had him. And so I kind of ended up in the medical field um, that way. And I did that for a long time. And um one day I got tired of that and I decided hey um I don't want to do this no more and I quit my job um I stayed home with um our kids for a little while and um after staying home with our kids for a little while I started working at the hospital and when I started working at the hospital I was working as a secretary and um I was kind of on the fence about some stuff that I wanted to do and I kind of watched some things and you know knew I had a passion for some stuff and kind of got a 
was guided by without the environment that I was working in to do some different stuff. And so one day I said to myself, this lady that was working, I said, I'm going to have her job because she Uh wasn't operating in the manner that I thought she should operate in. And um, so that started my journey. Um, I went back to school and I became a substance abuse counselor. And that is what I do now. Uh, I am a um, credentialed substance abuse counselor. I am a certified alcohol and drug counselor. Uh, I am actually on my last two classes to completing my degree in um, psychology. Um, Okay. So I am finishing that. So I'll be done with that soon. And I can't wait because I am so tired of school. But (laughs) (laughs) um, but I knew that for me, going into this field was I've experienced it. I've been the person that drowned their problems with alcohol. I've been the person that was tied to the family focusing with addiction so I've been the addict I've been on the side of the family with uh, with dealing with an addict um, and just dealing with the depression and the drama and the PTSD and the anxiety and you know just all the difference of handling life's issues I have been in that Mm -hmm. area so I understand it I've been through it and who else to help a person that has these issues than a person that has been through it themselves um, and so that's where I'm at. That's what I do. I do it because not it's something that I just decided one day. Um, this is where I'm assigned to be. I do it because I have a passion for it. I like to help people. I understand it. Um, and mm-hmm. I just want to see people well. So I think that this is where God has assigned me to be. Um, Lamont always tells me she's sitting back psychoanalyzing somebody. And I really don't. Um, but mm-hmm. I can pick up on different things at different times and not only because um, it's just what I know um, sometimes it's just where God leads me okay okay um, let me ask this question and this is in reference to uh, there may be some listeners that are out there who may have family members that may be in some type of dilemma with substance abuse or having some kind of mental health challenges, mm-hmm. what advice could you give them? Say it's a substance abuse issue that they're struggling with, with their son, their daughter, their spouse. What advice could you give them as to how to to best handle that, as well as um, how to get help for that? So what when a person is dealing with substance abuse, um, you get tired of listening to the lies that I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, and I really don't want to do this. And if you're not familiar mm-hmm. with addiction, you always think, yeah, you said this before. But nobody ever wakes up and says, I'm going to become an addict today. It is really a disease, mm-hmm. just like cancer or anything else. It is a brain disease. And mm-hmm. if it is let un- left untreated, it is will kill you. Um, so it has to be treated like anything else. What people don't realize when they don't understand addiction is that, you know, um, it is a disease. Genetics plays a part. You know, all different factors play into addiction. Um, mm-hmm. They really honestly and truly say and believe that they can stop. But because the things that come to their forebrain, you know, they can't help it. So, yeah, they do have genuine Um, ideas of stopping and wanting to stop but you know because their cravings are so strong and because they have you know these urges that they can't help that they keep 
indulging into this risky risky behavior that's going to cause them a big issue what i would say is Mm -hmm. to try to get them help um you can't make a person get the help and until they're ready they're not going to get the help but what we have to realize is that we sometimes tough love is the best love so you can't keep enabling Mm -hmm. them so you know you have to become at a point where you in a place in your life where you say okay well i'm not going to do this if, if you're not going to get the help that you need then when you're ready you let me know and until then you know you it's not so much that you're turning your back but you are turning your back okay so tough it's love is love. is I know uh, for me yeah um, okay i was i started out as a weekend drinker i would drink on the weekends i would drink on the weekends and my tolerance was so high because like i said both of my parents were addicts so it started out i would drink on the weekend and then it would go from thursday friday saturday then it was wednesday thursday friday saturday and then it was like wait a minute i got Mm -hmm. a problem here let me get a handle on Mm -hmm. this thing because it was getting out of hand and what kept me from getting so far into addiction is I remember my thoughts on when my parents were in active addiction and that was something I never wanted to put my children through so that was what helped gotcha. me get myself together because otherwise I could have been in the same situation and I look at the people that I was surrounded with at that time and I see them now in passing and some of them are doing good and some of them are not and I would just say I thank God mm-hmm. for keeping me because I am not where they are right now you know I see so many people in passing and I see like in my field and where I work people that I used to hang with will come in for detox and come in you know for treatment and Mm -hmm. I'll be like wow that was one of my running partners you know and they're strung out you know but Mm -hmm. for the grace of God that he kept Mm -hmm. me and gave me a sound mind or people you know that have gotten hold to something else and that has really altered their mental status you know people are mean now Mm -hmm. the drugs back then are totally different from the drugs now so now they've got something that's really Mm -hmm. really messed up their mental status you know and their mental status is super altered now they've got bipolar schizophrenia and stuff like that and they don't even know who you are and you're like dog that could have been me you know thank god for a sound mind and Mm -hmm. so you have to be really really grateful that these things don't happen so i just encourage you know get knowledge on addiction you know meet them where they are um it's harm reduction things that can be done um it's you know treatment options get some knowledge on that stuff and if you really want really want to help them meet them where they are if you can't get through to them that way you know and they're still determined and they're not ready and they haven't hit rock bottom sometimes when they haven't hit rock bottom you can't be their enabler you have to show them tough love right right good that's really good um I remember doing one of our sessions that you had brought some information that kind of outlined how far back the um, the drug issue um, was. I mean, like like its origin, different types of stuff that was done way back in the day. I mean, early mm-hmm. on back in the day. That uh, that basically right. this is nothing new as far. As Talk a little so bit about like that back in the day um like people think that cocaine and stuff just come around but 
you know, back in the day, like early 1800s, they used to chew cocoa leaves and stuff like that. And people think that, you know, AA and NA and all that stuff just started. No, that stuff started way back when. And that's why this, that's why they have proven factors that this stuff still works. If you work these 12 step programs, if you work these NA and AA programs, it's proven that this stuff works if you work these steps because this stuff has been around so Mm -hmm. long. Um, and you know this stuff hasn't just started like I said back in the day drugs were different this new modern day drug Mm -hmm. where they're having all these additives and you're seeing all these people overdose on this they think they're getting heroin but they're getting fentanyl and they don't know the difference and well I had this and it's not showing up in your drug screen that's because the stuff that people are cutting your drugs with and things like that nowadays you don't know so what are you going to do go tell the police well I went to buy heroin from this person and I got this. Well, both of y'all going to jail. And people are really not taking this stuff seriously. Right. And what they're right. failing to realize is, if I if I sell you drugs and you overdose and die, and they find out that I sold you those drugs, mm-hmm. I'm going to prison. Mm-hmm. It's that serious. Right. Right. And people don't really understand that, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, they have harm reduction options because this stuff is getting so serious where they're giving people Narcan when they come to the hospital because they're high risk for overdose. They're making sure that they leave with Narcan because they're scared that these people are going to leave and go out and overdose. You know, and this stuff has Uh just, you know, really, really started coming to the surface in the last, you know, 10, 12 years. Um, But now we see it more than we've seen it then. Right. Okay. Okay, so say if you have a parent and they are just kind of noticing some things different about their child, don't know quite what it is. They kind of think it may be drug related, but not quite sure. What kind of signs would you recommend that they kind of look for to kind of determine Anytime what may be Anytime your on? child, your parents, your friends, your neighbors, anybody that you come in close contact with, if they start acting out of the norm, mm-hmm. sleeping more, acting strange, okay. becoming distant, mm-hmm. um, any factors that is out of the norm, less energetic, too energetic, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Or diff- anything that's out of their normal activity, it's stuff that you start need. You need to start mm-hmm. paying attention to, because nobody just changes all okay. of a sudden. You know being in the dark being distant okay. not wanting okay. to come around coming around too much if you start noticing different activities sleep habits um, eating habits behavior habits um, depression stress mm-hmm. lashing out um, just all those things play into you know um, even becoming manic and not being able to sleep or sleeping too much becoming hyper religious all of those things are factors because some mm-hmm. of the drugs that people are using um, can put them into a psychotic or manic state. And it is like drug-induced psychosis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mentioned something there uh, and that we've talked about this before. Uh, and I'm actually preparing a piece on it, uh, which is, you mm-hmm. called it hyper-religion. And just kind of explain that because I don't think that, because I really wasn't aware of it until you introduced it in one of our sessions. So kind of explain uh, just what that is and what that looks like. Some people that become hyper-religious, you might find that they talk about God, 
all the time or they think they're God or they think that the world mm-hmm. is coming to an end um, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just when they start experiencing intense religious beliefs and it, it starts interfering with their normal okay. functioning. Um, they start refocusing focusing mm-hmm. on just beliefs, beliefs. Um, they start talking about atheist content. They start everything. Their work is mm-hmm. about religion. Their social functioning is about religion. Um, um, everything, mm-hmm. all their thoughts, all their activities, they just become preoccupied and consumed with religion. That's all they know. That and that their mood right, consumed right. with religion, and that's what basically is hyper religion. Um, they all, their education wants to be about mm-hmm. that. Their culture wants to be about that. Everything that they talk about, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's just that's just all their delusionals delusions and everything is just about religion they call that hyper religious now is that is that like a substitute for somebody who may be coming off of an addiction at some point they substitute that for the addiction that it they're trying to wean themselves from that um um coming off of addiction okay. it can come with addiction it can come with bipolar it can come with schizophrenia it can come with a mental health diagnosis it just depends on the person it anything okay. can really just trigger that um being in a manic state can trigger that you know you just find it um sleep disturbances and it's in your um you can find hyper religious um it's associated with your dsm-5 which is um the criteria for mental health diagnosis Okay. All right. Okay. One more question. And um, you you are a initial part of the list support team. You was right there in the beginning and still right here with us now. Can, tell us how list has been a part of your journey and what are some of the benefits of the group so for that me, you have um, experienced. List kind of keeps me sane. Um, I have. Okay. super trust issues I don't deal with a lot of people I don't tell a lot of people my business um, so doing this is a really really big step for mm-hmm. me because <laughs> okay thank you <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't tell a lot of people my business so if this for me is a place that I can uh, I feel safe um, I can talk I can listen I can okay. relate um, and I can heal and be mm-hmm. whole um you know, I don't have to worry about if this is going to go further mm-hmm. than here. I don't worry about have to worry about um, being mm-hmm. judged. Um, and it just, you know, I look forward to going here and, you know, the continued encouragement mm-hmm. and just watching the growth that we all have as a group um, and the bonds and relationships that we mm-hmm. build and the continued strong and strength and the 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 strength that we get from each other. Um, and the drive and the push and the force mm-hmm. that we give each other. Um, so for me, I just enjoy it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like medicine. You know, like I said, it's like with any disease. If it if we don't treat it, you know, it, it could be deadly. So for right. for me right. and my life right. issues, this is my medication. Right. Wow. Man. Super. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much, Asia. We're getting up to that 20-minute mark. So um, we want to 
just really appreciate you for coming on and sharing. I know you're very private, so thank you so much for <laughs> just being being willing to come in and share your story. Um, you'll be amazed as to how many people who may be in the same uh, place that you are, having the same thoughts that you do, uh, as well as concerns about you know where you've been, what you've gone through, um, and I believe that you're going to help them you know, either find a place where they can go in and be heard and be healed or become a part of the LISH program, and uh, we will help them through the journey. All right, well, this is Pastor Charles Bloom of Kingdom Minded Ministries, along with I, Asia Reed, I call her Asia May, and um, thank you so much for sharing your story. All right. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.